The Word of God is meant for practical living on the earth. It is the proceeding word from the mouth of God that defines us, informs our activities, and shapes our behavior. Do you treat the Word of God as a manual or as a mini? Welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we break the Word down to actionable points, where we expound on what the Word is saying to us Every one of us is able to hear our Father, God, clearly at whatever level we're at and draw out truths that can shift our reality and transform our day-to-day lives. This is the Cyrus Community. We continue to examine the reality that the God you perceive becomes your reality. The way you see God tends to be the way and the direction in which your life will gravitate. So our perception becomes critical. And we've been in a place where we've been looking at the reality of how important it is to have a right understanding of who God is, especially if you're in the kingdom. Otherwise, many times you'll begin to wonder why your life doesn't seem to be what it should, when in truth the issue is not that you've not had the word. The issue is not that You've not received a prophetic word. The issue is not that you're not understanding truth. The issue is your perception of who God is directly impacts on how you interpret things and how it operates. So in truth, think of a person. If you doubt the reputation of a person, then their word affects you. If you're not sure they can be trusted, if you're not sure that they have good intentions, then whatever they say is filtered through that understanding you have of who they are. Now, while it would be easy to assume that only those who are taught have this limitation, unfortunately, this limitation even comes from the pulpit. Even preachers and those who teach, if they have a wrong perception of God, they will project it. And that's how we will interpret God and will be attempting to respond or interact with a God who has been misrepresented to us. So over time, We need to come into a greater clarity. You know, we've spent a lot of time, and it's good, to understand the word, to get into the concept of the word. You know how we're in the generation that speaks about the word, the power of the word, but whose word? You see, we could love the word, we could enjoy the word, but if you do not believe that the one who spoke that word can put their integrity, their capacity, their power, their resources behind that word, and that word will not benefit you. It's like reading a story of fantasy. It's like looking at some fairy tale. If you read all those things, you know that those are fantastic stories, but you're sure they'll never happen in real life. And that's where we have to come from. Come from a place where I believe that the God we are dealing with is such a God, and that he's so um, committed not only to revealing who he is, but to interact with us at the level of who he is, then suddenly things will begin to move. Then you won't struggle with things like prayer. You'd be wondering, why is it that my prayer doesn't seem to be working? The truth is, it is because of the way we have perceived the one we are praying to. Now, so far, we've discussed God as creator. And today we want to begin to talk about God as father. Now, let me say at the outset, we don't have two gods. We don't have a God who is a creator and another God who is a father. Neither is there an Old Testament God 
and a new testament God. That, 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 if you have that mindset, then you have a problem. What we have is an Old Testament God perception and a New Testament God perception. And it can affect completely how you interact with God. In fact, the truth is, in the New Testament, we have such a, a wider and clearer revelation of who God is, but many of us are still relating, not with the God of the Old Testament, because there is no such God, but with a perception of the God of the Old Testament. And it affects our interaction today, even though we have a New Testament. Now, is the term Father exclusive to the New Testament? Actually, it's not. Truth is, there is references in the Old Testament of God as Father. They may not be as much and as varied, but that is to prove that even in the Old Testament, even though God was revealed or appeared more as a creator, he still was a father. So the first reference we have of this is in Exodus chapter 4 verse 22 and 23. At this point God is sending Moses to Pharaoh with a message. Verse 22 says, Then say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refused to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. Here we see God himself introducing the concept that is the father of the nation of Israel. Now, other than where God directly uses this term in the Old Testament, it is interesting to note that other than Moses, who also refers directly, it's not as many people who did that. Now, there are other places where God says things like, if I am a father, where is my honor? So there's other descriptions of this, but not as varied and as wide as we may probably understand or have seen. Now, Moses, in another instance, now God had sent him initially, but in Deuteronomy 32.6, we see a new insight where Moses is now speaking directly to the Israelites. He's telling them that God is their father. So in Deuteronomy 32.6, he says, Do you in this way deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? Now, other than this, there may be one or two other references, but beyond Moses, you find that the other people who have some insight of God as Father are primarily prophets. It's very interesting. It is the prophets in the Old Testament who seem to have this understanding that God is a Father. Now, I want to mention some of the prophets and the fact that they had a clear understanding. We won't go into all those scriptures of who they were and what they said, but we look at them as the prophets. The prophet Isaiah refers to God as Father two times. The prophet Jeremiah, two times. Malachi, two times. Now, the other two references that we find where God is referred to as a Father is in the book of Psalms, we find one reference, and in the book of Proverbs, we find one reference. Now, if we were to add other descriptive references you find in the scripture like father of the fatherless. There are a few other references like that. But even if we were to add them all, you might be surprised. We may come to a total of maybe 15 or so direct references in the Old Testament to God as a father. Now, before we go into the conversation of God as father in the New Testament, we'd like to kind of take a, a transition to help us integrate that reality of God in the Old Testament in the New by taking a brief look at how individuals in the Old Testament 
refer to God. Or rather, we want to see what we, many of us today would refer to as the names of God. Now this concept of the names of God is very important because it has all sorts of implications for us. From the basic through the powerful to sometimes even the absurd. It depends on how you understood these names. They could either be empowering or limiting, depending on how they were introduced to you. These names, let's begin by admitting, they're actually found in the Bible. So they're not extra-biblical. There's no single name we're going to look at that is not in the Bible. Yet, what we really want to examine, if they are really the names of God, and does He respond to them? You see? That's actually a good question. When you ask, mm. are these really the names of God? Well, we know that God doesn't have a name, that he's in heaven. And when you call from the earth and say, Jehovah Jireh, he looks because he's like, somebody somewhere is calling me. What do they want? No, these are not the names of God. But they are attributes of God and all of them. They are correct, actually. They are actually correct. Yeah, as attributes. <laughs> they are correct, all right? Yes. But you must note that none is superior, mm. none is lesser. You can't walk with a name and say, I'm walking with Jehovah Jireh, therefore this is superior. And you who do not know that uh, there is Jehovah Elohim, yes. then you must be walking with a lesser God. Exactly. These names, there's it's, no superior, there's no lesser. It's like right? saying that if somebody, uh, if different people refer to you differently, yes. it means that they're referring to a greater part of you mm -hmm. or a lesser part of you. It, it doesn't work. Listen, some, there's somebody who calls me uncle. Mm -hmm. Someone else calls me father. Someone else calls me nephew. Listen, none of these those names expand, reduce, <laughs> or adjust me. Okay, we understand. <laughs> you get. Yes. They are all referring to the same person. Mm, that's so a that's a quick way of understanding. While these are attributes, in truth, and we're going to use, like I said earlier, these names in an inverted commas, mm -hmm. that these names actually describe, listen, they describe the encounters or the experiences that people had with God in the Bible. And they must be understood as such. And the fact that the people describe the encounters in Hebrew, listen carefully, yeah. does not designate a Hebrew label to God. <laughs> I have to repeat that. Yes. The fact that these people had encounters with God and described it in Hebrew, does not designate Hebrew as a special language in reference to mm. God. And therefore, if I call him Yahweh, I yes. see like, wow, man, now that's powerful. You still call him God? Yes. No, 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 me, I call him Yahweh. There you go. He does not change yes. God. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, if you take a name like, which we will look into, like Jehovah Rapha, mm -hmm. which means the Lord who heals. Yes. You realize when I say the Lord who heals and you say Jehovah Rapha, we've said exactly <laughs> the, the same thing. If I say languages. it in my language, mm, yeah. same thing. So we, we, we get so caught up with the Hebrew thinking mm. that God responds to Hebrew. God doesn't speak Hebrew. <laughs> God understands all languages because he gave us all yes. languages. So he did not make one language more important than another. Mm -hmm. But he mm -hmm. used a language that he deliberately created that could capture crucial aspects of our word. Yes. I'll say that again. He created a language. The Jews did not create it. Okay. He created a language and used that language to capture 
And that Hebrew is not the only one. There is Aramaic, and there is Arabic, and there is Greek. All Bible mm. languages, by the way, mm -hmm. that were contemporary languages of that time. Yes. And therefore, a description of God in any of them is accurate, including your language. Yes. So, <laughs> please understand, an attribute of God can be spoken in any language and does not become more powerful because we change the language. And of course, this means also that God is not limited to those attributes mm -hmm. and we can come up with as many as their encounters. Yes. I can have an encounter with yeah. God and I say, listen, I have encountered God in this area. Yes. That does not mean I'm going outside of who God is mm -hmm. because you cannot encase yes. uh, uh, God yes. and say, you know what, outside of this, there's nothing more. No. I mean, listen, I can talk of God the debt reliever. Hmm. Yes. Correct. God, the problem solver. Yes. God, the family reconciler. Because friend. I have experienced I've experienced that. God in that way. I love what you said. This is an experience yes. or an encounter that a man had with God yes. and therefore called that place like that. Exactly. And you're going to see that. Yeah. yeah. And why is this important? Mm -hmm. Because no matter how many oh, yes. names we oh, come up yes. with, no matter how many descriptions, they are still limited. Even if we invent a new vocabulary. Yes. And then describe our interactions with God. Mm. We still will not have scratched the surface of who he is. He is more. He is still <laughs> more. So these descriptions are for us. They help us interpret and navigate our relationship with God more accurately. Mm -hmm. Now generally... The, the names that I listed earlier can be separated broadly into categories. One category are descriptions of a sovereign creator or ruler. In other words, these are descriptions whether given by men or whether God reveals to a man yes. that basically are embodying. Remember the principles we spoke about in God the Creator? The principles of control, principles of authority, authority. and of presence. Mm -hmm. So there's one group of names that generally deal with that area. So, if you to draw that name properly, you find it's just another aspect that shows you that God is in control, mm -hmm. God has authority, and God is present. Oh, yes. So, there's a whole group of names that deal just with that. Okay. There's a second group of names that reveal, are revealed in his encounters with men. Meaning, these names come into play after an experience. Mm. These names did not per se pre-exist the experience. Okay. Alright? So it's important to note that when you use one of the names we listed, you must ask yourself, was this an encounter somebody had and out of the encounter, he got a, he name. Got a revelation right. of a name, or is this a description of God even without an encounter. our encounter? All right. Now this is important because we need to have a working knowledge of how these names were applied to specific and practical situations and how... How do we use them? Let's compare for ourselves how we use them. Mm. So what we've done is we've taken the off that list. And listen, we there's no order, okay? So don't work about which name comes first. Like we said, none superior, oh, yes. none lesser. They're all describing the same person. So we can look at these names yes. and see, okay, when you talk about, for example, Elohim, yes. what are we saying? And... You see, if we break them down, mm. then it's easier for anyone listening to say, okay, I understand what Elohim means. Yes. And I know you're not giving me a, a word 
or a, or a name to walk with. No. I'm not walking this. Tomorrow morning I'm going to walk with Elohim. On Tuesday, I don't touch Elohim. Yes. On Tuesday, I prefer Jehovah Jireh. You know? <laughs> so when you talk about yes. Elohim. Elohim. Elohim is found in Genesis 1 word. Okay. One chapter, chapter 1 verse 1. Remember what it said, in the beginning, God. God. Created the heavens and the earth. God. God. That first introduction is what we call Elohim. And that is the first concept we have of God as a creator. So whenever the term God the creator would be used, mm -hmm. the understanding would be the best way to describe a God whom we have no proper description for would be Elohim. Mm. That's why the term Elohim even is a plural term. It's not yes. a singular term. In other words, it's graspless. And this is that word where God said, yes. let us yes. create. Exactly. That's Elohim. That's Elohim. Mm -hmm. So that's why the first encounter you have of God and one of the names that we need to know if we to use a name, remember we said the Bible doesn't start by giving us a name of God, but a description, description of yes. Him. That description, Elohim, is only explained through creation. Mm. We cannot explain what that name means, but we understand the power of that name yes. by looking at creation. So when you say Elohim, yes. you're simply now... Um, looking at the act of God yes. that we said in our last conversation yes. that the first introduction we got of God yes. was of an act exactly. not a title. Exactly. This God that God created yes. is Elohim. Yes. Now, you could think of it this way. Mm -hmm. How would I describe Elohim to you if we to have a conversation? Mm. I would go and show you stars. Creation. I would show you the sea. Mm. I would show you National Geographic. I yes. would show you space. Then the I would dimension say, of God. God Yes. That dimension of God is what we are saying is Elohim. Exactly. So you cannot wake up and say, oh, Elohim, I worship you. That's what we said last time, <laughs> that just by looking at the creation, yes. you understand who the creator exactly. is. Exactly. By looking at what you can see around you that God has made, what you cannot see, then you say, you know what? He is the creator. Exactly. I can understand his Elohim yes. because of what I'm seeing. So All we right? can actually say, mm -hmm. if I believe God is a creator, then I believe in him. In who? In him, Elohim. Mm. that God who is a creator. Yes. And that impacts how I interact with creation. Oh, yes. What about the word Yahweh? This Yahweh. one we've heard many people. We yes. have songs. Yes. And of course, there are many people who talk, call God Yahweh, yes. and they don't want to call him God, of exactly. course. Borrowing that from the yes. Hebrew culture. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about that word. Now, let's explain how the concept of Yahweh comes into the Bible. The concept of Yahweh begins by us understanding that the Hebrew writers, including Moses, mm -hmm. the idea that they could not properly pronounce God's name, every inscription that was found that would be transcribed as God, because unfortunately, Hebrew in many of those terms was a speaking language, not a written one. So when they, they did not want to wrongly pronounce God's name. That's how much they feared him. Mm. So instead of trying to pronounce his name, they wrote Y-W-H. Okay. There were no vowels. Now, the nearest um, word you could use to that term would be the term Yahweh. But that same term Yahweh is the same term that we call Jehovah. Mm. Again, the whole concept of J-V-H, which is like the Y-W-H. Mm. So, it was... A trans Jehovah is a transliteration of Yahweh. The okay. word transliteration means when I create a word mm -hmm. to help you 
understand another one. So when somebody, when, when one person is saying Yahweh yes. and the other one is saying Jehovah, yes. they're actually same, using the, exactly <laughs> the same the word. Same Why word. I'm laughing is because most of the people who use the word Yahweh, mm. even if you say, listen, Jehovah, they'll be like, ah, oh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Yahweh is the word that they used to use. Now, yeah. if you understand Yahweh and Jehovah is the same. It's exactly the same time. And what is it to us? Yes. Now, for me, who does not understand what Yahweh is, yes. but I only say it because in the church, they tell us to say, yeah. you're being told the Lord, he who is self-existent and brings into existence whatever exists. Look at exactly. That. And actually, That's what we are saying. It's the same the term Lord. Yeah. that we always refer to, I am that I am. Mm. What, what does I am that I am <laughs> means? Yeah. I am that I am yes. is not a mystical term. Mm. It means he who is self-existent mm. and brings into existence yes. whatever exists. You see the idea, I am. There's no beginning from it. Mm -hmm. When it starts is when it starts. So, listen to this. There's one person who is saying Yahweh. Yes. And they're talking to somebody who is saying, oh yes, Jehovah. <laughs> and somebody who says, guys, I am who I am. Yes. They're all saying the same thing. Exactly. The Lord. Yeah. It's like arguing on the word, like um, the word for girl, mm -hmm. English, in Swahili is mschana. Okay. So it's like one is saying Mschana, the other is saying girl, and it's like they're in debate about who they're talking about. Mm. There's no difference. So this, this particular term is introduced to us the first time, the, the Yahweh, which is Jehovah. So even when God says to Moses, this is the name that I shall be called by, when he says Yahweh, it's the same thing he told Moses when he says, well, who do I say sent me? Mm -hmm. I am that I am. Yeah. Same, same exact word. If you go and check I am that I am, the term you will find behind it mm -hmm. is Yahweh or Jehovah. And you see when God placed man in the earth yes. and he tells him, I am who I am yes. is whatever you need me to be. Yes. That's how much God loves us. That yes. he says, listen, when you are down there, you might not know what you need. Exactly. You might use words that might not even be able to explain what you're trying to look for. You but go. you know what? Whatever you call me. That's the thing. I'm God, your man. I know how limited you are. I've given you a blank check yes. that I am who I am. Exactly. In this case, um, you're going to Pharaoh and you're telling him, let my people go. Who am I to them? Deliverer. Absolutely. That's it. I'm okay. Yes. Call me that. Exactly. If it will make you understand more of where I'm taking you, uh -huh. what I'm supposed to, to have you do in the earth. There you go. Call me that name. Yes. I am yes. who I am. I am. And, and then when we take it now and express it further like our language is limited and say he who is self-existence, meaning he just existed. Yes. There's no beginning. Mm -hmm. But he also brings into existence mm -hmm. whatever exists. Now that, because of that description, where do we get, where do we draw that idea from? Yes. We draw it from Genesis 2-7. Okay. That's when man is formed. Yet we see two dimensions. Mm -hmm. We see God breathe into man and God form, form man. So that's why you get the idea. He who is self-existing God, mm -hmm. breathing into, bringing into existence, mm -hmm. whatever exists for me. That's where we get it. And so if you understand that that is where it comes from, you will notice something strange. Because that same term, I am that I am, this term Jehovah yes. is also used in connection to other attributes. Mm. Jehovah, Jehovah this, Jehovah, Jehovah that, Jehovah. Jehovah. Meaning, I am whatever. Mm. I am the God who, whatever. I am the God that, whatever. I love, I love the idea 
that God gives you a blank check. Yes. As his son, he tells you, listen, hmm. I am Jehovah Jireh. Exactly. You want provision if that's how you understand it. Yes. And today, of course, we look at all that. Yeah. Remember, we are looking at the names of God. Mm-hmm. Today, we are going into the name Father. But before yes. we get to Father, yes. we have to understand, what about these other names? Exactly. Where did they come from? Yes. Should we be going around calling God Jehovah yeah. Elohim? Yeah. Should I be praying and saying, listen, you are the, the all-existing one, so how do I call you? Are we going to do that? So that's why we are looking at these words, <laughs> yes. so that we know when I say Father, where am I coming from? You, you know why I'm laughing? Yeah. In the younger days, we had cards with every name. Yes. Okay. We still do. Different <laughs> names. So the cards were the type of God you would invoke per situation. What? <laughs> what would you call that? In other words, you're sitting with all these cards and you're saying, "What situation am I going through? Mm. Which God am I calling on?" That makes you think that. God has this um his many spirits. Many spirits, like the way people invoke spirits. Exactly. And more so we've borrowed that from our culture. African culture. Yeah. African culture and many other cultures. Now yeah? politically correct. Mm. Global South cultures. Okay. Yeah, meaning the third world. All right. Where spirits are invoked. You call a spirit to come and do something. Mm. So we kind of run quickly to the Hebrews. And look for all this because we, we, we are so bound in trying to give God an identity equal to our situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So whatever situation I have, I'm looking for a God for it. My friend, that borders on idolatry. Wow. Because <laughs> it, is, it is the people who worship many gods. Why mm. did they worship many gods? Because they thought per God can only deal with one, one problem. <laughs> If you don't have rain, yes. I need the There's God, a of God of rain. rain. And a God of fertility. Mm. And a God mm. of prosperity. And that is and what we have done with Christianity. Because when I come and tell you, these are the 16 names of God. Those yes. 16 names are the most common, alright? Yes. We have 952. There's, There's somebody else who has come up with 700. Yes. Depending on what you're looking for. There you go. But if you understand, we're not here to get names that we can invoke depending exactly. on our problem. Exactly. We are going to the word. Father, yes. don't lose that. Yeah. We talked about, sorry? No, I was just going to say mm. that our intent is to understand that God is so limitless yes. that we need many names mm. to grasp the fullness, but we're not supposed to be focusing on the names. Each name is supposed to be expanding our sight of him. Mm. Mm. Elohim, right. God the creator. Yes. Yahweh, God mm. the Lord. Mm. Now let's look at El Elyon. El Elyon. The term El Elyon means the most high God. If, 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 if you see the humor of it, it seems like they are versions of God. <laughs> God, God 1, God 2.0, God 3.0. No. El Elyon. Now, we will go more now into encounters. Now, the, the name God, El Elyon, the most high God, we first encounter it in Genesis chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Verse 18 to 20. And this is the name that comes into play in an interaction between Abraham and two people. Abraham and Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. And then Abraham and the king of Sodom. Alright? So first, it is when Melchizedek shows up and says, uh, and who is Melchizedek? Priest of the Most High God. Yes. Priest of the Most High God. Possessor of heaven and earth. And earth. So El Elyon is a 
picture that everything belongs to God. Mm. So when uh, we talk about Melchizedek, yes. the priest of the Most High God, yes. this is like um, recognizing yes. that God is the owner of the heavens and, and the, the earth. earth. So you notice it's not his name. Exactly. It is me coming to that recognition that yes. God is the owner of the heavens and yes. the earth. Now, I don't need to walk with the word uh, El Elyon, no. I need to walk with the revelation exactly. that God is the owner of the heaven and yes. the earth. So when I'm walking, yes. I'm walking with that confidence, with that uh, revelation. So yeah. these names we're talking about, they yes. should be embedded in us. Exactly. And let's see how mm -hmm. Abraham translates. Okay. Because he meets Melchizedek, yes. priest of the Most High God, possessor of heaven, heaven and earth. And Melchizedek speaks of the God mm. whom he serves. Yes. And then Melchizedek blesses Abraham and, and claims that that God, possessor of heaven and earth, mm -hmm. is the one who has given Abraham wealth, victory, and victory over sorry, the war. Victory. victory. <laughs> yes. Now, as Abraham leaves Melchizedek and now that revelation has come, he's now interacting with the king of Sodom. So the king of Sodom makes him an offer. Please go back to our discussions on the Melchizedek order. You get the details of that conversation. But Abraham now has an insight. And he says, now he himself, Abraham, recognizes God as possessor, he again repeats, mm -hmm. of heaven and earth. And because of that revelation, I want nothing from you, lest you say you made me rich. Now he knows, he has a revelation, there you go. that if my God is the possessor of heaven and earth, Don't what do I need from a man? Don't make me There's happen. nothing you can give me yes. to add anything to me. If anything, I'm walking with the God who owns everything that you yes. think you have. Yeah. So with that revelation, yes. Adam cannot, Abraham could not go taking things from exactly. King of Sodom. He wouldn't. And that is the problem you're having. Why would I one day go and find somebody who is in corruption and join the exactly. bandwagon? Exactly. Because I don't know my God. God. But if I have a revelation that, listen guys, I serve the hmm. God who is the owner of the heavens and the earth. Yes. Therefore, if he is my God, my friend, I will not lack anything. There I have is. that confidence. There I walk goes. as a son of God with that revelation. So, so, so the issue, mm -hmm. and let me help here those who are in worship, praise, music, it is not the singing that God is the mm. most high God. Yes. That is the issue. It is singing with a recognition mm. Mm. that God is the owner of heaven and earth. So our singing is not going to make him the owner. No. He is, and that's why we sing. He is the Guys, owner. Guys, that's powerful. Let's look at uh, Jehovah El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Yes. One, one of the names that we really love, if you love emigrant song, El Shaddai. Yes. I mean, that, that, that song captures many things, but mm. if you go into it, you'll see the revelation behind it. Now, El Shaddai is translated the Lord God Almighty. Mm. And I begin to wonder, how many dimensions are these? Mm -hmm. Yet, it tells you that all these terminologies are supposed to assist us in understanding how great God is. Because we've just come from saying the Most High God. Yes. Now we are saying Lord God Almighty. Lord we God thought Almighty. the Most High God exactly. is the Almighty God. Yes. We have been told, listen, if you can think of that as two different dimensions, exactly. and you think and like, wait, the Lord God Almighty. Yes. And this is the Lord Most High. Exactly. Now, you will notice as we go through these names that if there's one person who had many encounters with God was Abraham. Oh, yes. He had, no wonder he's the father of faith. Of faith. Yes. Because it's, it seems like in his interaction with God as the friend of God, mm. he was able to see many dynamics and many dimensions 
of who God is. Mm -hmm. So this name is first brought to us in Genesis 17, verse 1. When Abraham is now, and actually read the actual scripture. When Abraham was 99 years old, mm -hmm. the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Imagine, I am El Shaddai, God hmm. Almighty. Okay, why is that important? Why is God introducing himself? The um, other translations that expand say that the term El Shaddai also means the God, the one of the mountains, mm. plural. Mm. Alright? Yeah. So, what does that mean? Actually, it means that what God is informing Abraham, that he is the ruler over time, space, mm -hmm. power, knowledge. In other words, El Shaddai is the God of the impossible. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that important in Genesis 17? Okay. It is in Genesis 17 when God makes this statement. What is the conversation? This is the conversation. Ishmael is now 13 years old. Okay. God is now talking to Abraham about his heir who shall be great. His, his downline that shall be massive. And in this conversation, if you, we've alluded to it before, mm -hmm. is this is going on and Ishmael is 13. Now you understand why. Abraham is wondering, God, the things you're saying. <laughs> How is that even possible? I am 90 now. Mm -hmm. What are you telling me? Mm -hmm. In fact, let's sort this. I Just have a son. Ishmael. Yes. Yeah, let's work so with God is talking about a son to come. Exactly. But Ishmael is already there. Exactly. That's important. So this know. is the first time that God introduces the reality to Abraham. Mm. That he will have a son at an advanced age with a barren wife. Mm. So that's why he has to tell him from which dimension is speaking. I am El Shaddai. God. God Almighty. Almighty. Meaning, I am the God of the impossible. What I'm telling you <laughs> is going to happen. Listen, what God has told us, <laughs> he is El Shaddai. And there that is why, go. yes, I will say he's El Shaddai, but yes. you know what? In me is already embedded the, the, God of the reality impossible. that he's the God of impossible. Exactly. When I look at what is ahead of us, where he's calling us, when he's telling us the nations are open, when he's telling us, listen, this land I have given you. Yes. When we look at everything around us, we mm. say, listen, only the God of the impossible can do that. What is it that God has promised you? What is it that you're looking at right now? And when you look at your instruction, when you look at what God is calling you to, you're looking at it and saying, Lord, you have to be El Shaddai. You have to be El Shaddai. That's a principle. You know? That's the revelation behind the name El Shaddai. Hmm. So Abraham wow. needs that revelation for him to walk in what God is saying. Because he is Abraham, He's old, yes. his wife is barren, yes. only a God of the impossible exactly. can, can perform this miracle. Yes. Only that God can come through yes. for him. Absolutely. Because at that point, he can't even go to a doctor. No. A doctor will ask him, Abraham, what are you go saying? to school. Time is up. Listen, you're done. This one, only from another dimension, can, can, can heaven open up for you yes. and make sure what is happening in the earth. Heaven says, don't worry. When heaven steps in, everything around you, what people have said, what the doctors have said, there you go. what your papers have told you, hmm. what your society have said around you, what culture said, listen, heaven comes and says, the God of the impossible, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Listen, here. we don't want to trap you in Hebrew. Yes. We want you to get the revelation yes. of the God of, of the impossible. impossible. Even if you forget the term El, El Shaddai. Shaddai, do not lose the term, the God. 
of the impossible. I think that is one thing we are working with right now. Yes. Because every time we look at around, I mean, around us, anything that God has already promised us in this season. Yes. When you look at the north, the south, everything says it can't. It can't happen. When you look at us here, you're like, listen, God has called us to the nations. <laughs> and when you look at the nations, you're like, you know, Lord, only you can make this yes. happen. And that revelation where you wake up in the morning and you say, I serve God, yes. the creator of the heavens on the earth. But you know what? That creator is the God of the impossible. There you go. Therefore, yes. I don't see impossibility. That's the thing. I don't. And, and you see, in the book of Hebrews, yeah. they are commended for believing this God. Mm. Mm. This dimension of God. You remember Hebrews says, and Sarah judged God, God faithful. This God of, of God. impossible. impossible. Hmm. That she could conceive. Wow. And Abraham, being of age, believed God. And hmm. it was accounted to him for righteousness. righteousness yes. What did he believe? He believed in the God oh. of the impossible. That has to be our portion. Yes. Because when we say he's the God of the impossible, mm -hmm. if you continue reading, God says, listen, I'm not ashamed to be called the God yeah, of God. such people. Yes. You know why? I'll show up for them. Yes, yes. I'll show up for them. People who yes. are saying that things in the earth look like they're impossible, but they are trusting me that yes. if I step there, I break everything open. Yes. TCC, the Lord of the <laughs> impossible. Let's talk about Adonai. 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 It's an interesting description of God. It's like a compound description, okay. which means Adonai is when God is operating in his role where he fulfills the responsibility of ownership. Okay. Remember, <laughs> we saw God possessor of heaven and earth. But the fact that he possesses heaven and earth would mean nothing if he doesn't provide, protect, mm. guard, lead, guide, care. So Adonai is more of a compound reality that not only will God give you, but God will make sure you succeed. And when he comes through for you, yes. and listen, when I say as God Adonai, yes. I want you to understand the meaning here. Alright? We're not stuck with the name like we yes. said. So if he comes in as God Adonai, mm. he not only provides, yes. he protects what he has provided. Thank you. He guards what he has provided. Mm. He leads you in what he has provided. Yes. He cares for what he has provided. Mm. Therefore, if you sit and say, this is God who gave me this, it is protected. So, you cannot walk and say, I am doing this, but in case of a rainy day, with Adonai, so this the is God what, of ownership. Yeah, without this understanding of who he is, mm -hmm. we get stuck because sometimes yeah. you don't even rejoice in a blessing because you think you'll lose it. You're scared. Because How you, long you, think, you believe God can bring you to a house, mm -hmm. but God cannot give you rent. Guys, you are believing God for something, <laughs> but at the same time you're feeling almost like, will I sustain? Good. Because this business, when I look at what God is opening up, what God is telling me, where God is taking me, you're like, listen, hmm. how will I may sustain there? Yes. How will I be maintained there? He is Adonai, the God of ownership. Yes. The one who not only provides, but he also, he protects. this is the same God you hear of, I watch over my word oh, to perform it. That my word will not return void without fulfilling that for which I sent mm. it. Now, the, the, the first reference we get this name of, again, is Abraham. Oh, oh the father of faith. Oh, yeah. He's in Genesis 15, yeah. verse 1 to 5, where Abraham is now, after hearing what God says, he now reaches out basically to this dimension of God because he wants God's assurance in fulfilling his word concerning giving him a son. So that's so, the conversation. Go read uh -huh. it. It is when he says, Lord, how will I know this? 
How, how will these things be that you're saying to me? How can I be confident? And that's why God introduces himself as Adonai. El Shaddai. See, I am Adonai and I'm also El Shaddai. So yes. if you follow that conversation from 15 to 17, you see the play on the two mm. names. Mm. One name is the one that telling you the impossible I will do. The other name says, listen, and I will follow through. I'm not only going to give you, <laughs> because most of us want a miracle or the supernatural, yes. but once it comes, you almost yes. feel like God gave you and he's like, my friend, yeah. sort yourself. Yes. No, God is telling you, if I open the doors for you, I will make sure exactly. you go through. Yes. I will make sure you succeed. Yes. I will make sure you fulfill what I called exactly. you to do. Exactly. Do you know how powerful that is? Hmm. That God who has given me yes. will make sure that I succeed yes. in what he has called me into. Let me show you how. Adonai walks through Abraham's generations. Okay. Because God says, listen, not only will I do this, all right? Mm -hmm. It's like saying God tells you, Sarah is barren. She'll have a baby. Yes. After she has the baby on your own. <laughs> That's not God. No. It says that baby mm -hmm. that she will have mm -hmm. will be a father of nations. I will be with him. him. Leave alone giving you the baby yes i will be with the baby mm. i'll be the baby's baby mm. and i'll be with the generations of that so baby. when he says here there's a son of promise called isaac yes it comes even when he comes to isaac yes he'll always remind him as, as i was I with your father exactly i will Adonai. be with you as i saw your father fulfill <laughs> this and become successful and the in promise the word I gave that him. i gave him yes me now i have given you a word yes and that word of your father will continue I with promised you. him that you will be great and i will watch over you i will watch over it now if you read about um <laughs> who is this isaac's story if you yes. go through isaac's story now you can see adonai at play there you go adonai is not the name of god yes it is the description or attribute of god mm. that Ab isaac can tell you yes i know him he is the Lord of ownership. He is the Lord who tells you, when I give you this, I'll see you succeed in it. I will take you all the way to the end. You know, oh, the name is so is, powerful mm, that even when Jacob does his oh. roots, God sustains it. He tells him, listen. I will be with you when you go yeah? and when you will return. As I was with your father that and means, your father's father. Now this is now <laughs> causing me to ask a question. When we see Abraham going to Egypt. Yes. And he even tells his wife, when yeah. they ask you, say you're my sister. Exactly. My Don't go say you're my wife. Yes. That kind of a conversation, and you're like, okay, Lord, where were you when Moses or Abraham was having these stories? There you go. And he tells you, listen, I have a covenant. Yes. When I give you this word, you might go off because you're a man. Yes. But you know what? My mercies. That's what that's that's why his attributes Ownership. are important to understand. Yes. That he's the God who is able. And we don't now sit down and say, you know what? Even if I make a mistake, God will always correct it for me. No, listen, Abraham did not wake up and tell Sarah, listen, tomorrow, mm -mm. my friend, we are going to sin and then come and tell God to forgive no. us. That's not what you're talking about. Abraham reacted in fear like mm. every human being. Yes. So listen, we are dealing with mistakes. When you make a mistake mm. and root, God has already made adjustments. And root to where God is telling you exactly. to go. Exactly. Yeah. When you run away, mm. God makes other adjustments. Ask oh. Jonah. Okay. <laughs> so God is with you. Yes. He but. knows how to adjust us differently. Mm. Why? Because his word must come to pass. I love what you said earlier. The scripture that we read in yes. Isaiah, yes. that my word will not fall to the ground. It must come back. Absolutely. It must fulfill. Mm. It must accomplish. Uh -huh. Now, when I see that scripture yes. and I understand the Lord of ownership, then I'm like, listen, the Lord who, when he sends his word, 
it's like he follows it. Mm. He's tracing it in the earth to yeah. make sure that it fulfills and accomplishes. Mm. What are you holding on to? Mm. At what point did you drop the word because you thought it yeah. is you who was making it work? Hmm. Come back and say, listen, I've just understood. Every time I've been saying Jehovah Adonai, now you know what you're saying. Yeah. The owner of the word that I'm carrying, yes. the promise that I have. The one who will protect it, who yes. will nurture it, who he will keep it. Oh, the the, the term in the New Testament that Paul uses called he who began a good work in you oh, yes. will be faithful to complete it. Is that you. not the same God? That's Is that not what you're trying to That's say? That's a principle here. There are scriptures that will make sense after you understand these yeah. things. Where you see and you say, wait a minute. This now makes sense because Psalms chapter this, chapter this, it's talking about this law. Exactly. And that's how I know I will not fail. Let's talk yes. about um, El Olam. El Olam. And I want to say something about the term El. Okay. Because just like Jehovah mm. something, you keep finding El, El something. El, yes. The term El just means God. Mm. It just means God. Okay. So it's another way of describing certain attributes of God by beginning with the term God. Mm. But most of the time, when L is used, it is a description of a sovereign dimension of God, mm. not so much an interaction with man. Remember we said that there were two dimensions. Okay. We had said that there's one dimension of the attributes of God that are descriptions of his power as creator. Mm. But there are others that are descriptions of his interactions with, with men. Yes. So El Olam falls in the dimension of his reality, who he is, mm -hmm. not his reaction with men. But mm -hmm. this time, again, that's why we love Abraham. It's an interaction between God and Abraham <laughs> in Genesis 21, 33. Okay. The term El Olam means the everlasting God, the God of eternity, mm -hmm. the God of the universe, the God who is the ancient of days. Mm -hmm. Now let me explain something to you. Okay. The term ancient of days doesn't mean God is old. I know many of us use that term in the term of old. Yeah. Ancient of days means he pre-existed days. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> he existed before there were days. It doesn't mean he was at the beginning of days. It means he was there before there were days. When you sing the song Ancient of Days, hmm. you're dealing with El Olam, the God of eternity. Now, we find a very interesting story in Genesis 21. And though verse 33 is where the focus of this name comes out. And um, I, I want you to read verse 33, then I'll explain what was going on here. Mm -hmm. So you to see the power of the statement that Abraham is making. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and they are called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. God, El Olam. What mm. is Abraham doing? Now, to get the background, the conversation is going on between Abraham and Abimelech. Okay who is a king among the Philistines. But this guy is smart. He discovers something about Abraham, so he comes to make a treaty with Abraham. He says, because God is with you in everything you do. Hmm. So the man wants to be protected under the covenant that Abraham has. has. Okay. So he's playing it safe. He says, listen, me, I, all I want to do is listen. I want a covenant with you. I want to be your friend because I know being your friend is um, going to keep me safe yes. because you and God mm. You're together. Yeah. So it is at Beersheba that we now see Abraham calling yes. the term El Olam yeah. or eternal God. <laughs> Meaning he comes to a conclusion that God is forever faithful. God operates in an everlasting realm. God has no beginning or end. end. So that term is important because this happens before 
Abraham has moved to the place of giving now birth to Isaac because now he's expecting. God has already told him things. Because God has already told him these things, he knows that Isaac is about to be born. He knows the future is secure. He knows God will keep his word. Mm. He now plants a tree as a recognition mm. that God operates in an eternal realm. And that realm is not controlled from here. Mm-hmm. When that realm speaks, earth must respond. Yes. When God says you will get a son, Next year, this time, you'll be holding a son. Yes. That is from the eternal mm-hmm. realm speaking to our realm. And yes. this one, God tells you, listen, when I speak, it must happen. Yep. And that is the God we are talking about. So we are looking at the names or at the attributes of, of, of God that we use all the time. And sometimes we do not understand the power. Because once we come to that place where we understand the power of those names, then it means it will no longer be a word that I'm calling, Mm. but a reality I'm walking in. He is God, the everlasting God. And you know what? He is my father. We are coming to Thank you for watching this episode of the Kingdom Conversations. The big question remains, what have you heard? And what are you going to do about it? Keep tracking with us, like, and follow us on our social media handles, The Cyrus Community on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can send in your questions through Facebook or use the email on your screen. And as Micah 4.4 says, may you be found seated under your vine and under your fig tree. Until our next episode, keep it kingdom, keep it pure.